If the truth be told, Ozzy Osbourne, is it really that you're sane and the world is crazy? No. I'm no. insane, everybody else is too. I mean, if I'm right, I know where there's a house for. Where? Lunatic Asylum, man. It's a great place to be. There's no business like show business. Welcome to another episode of Diary of the Madman, the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast where we geek the fuck out about all things Ozzy and all things Ozzy related. I am Josh Crum and I just blew Daniel Drago's head off. How's it going, Dan? How you doing, man? I am still suffering from that big hello. My gosh, that was great. Man, I hope I woke everybody up with that because we're excited today to talk a little Evil Shuffle. That's right. We are on Evil Shuffle. We only have three songs left, two after this. Uh, yeah. Finally blowing through it, man. About fucking time. Like, I'm about ready for a re-release of this record and we're finally finishing <laughs> it. <laughs> but, you know, it's all fun. Hey, fuck, dude. It's almost yeah. been a year since uh, we went to the party. I know it's crazy. That's July, mind blowing. End of July, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. That's crazy and to me, man. It does not wow. feel like a year. That time, Dan and I went to SiriusXM Studios and did the uh, listening party for Patient Number Nine with Ozzy and Andrew Watt, and uh, yeah, that that happened. Yeah, and Billy Morrison. It's <laughs> <laughs> like wow. Jack was there too. Jack was there. Yeah, that was so cool, man. Yeah, it's still one of the best moments of my life. I know. I love bringing it up on the show. It's so funny. It's, it's become a shtick for me, for sure. But uh, it's all good. So, man, what's new with you? You know, same old shit. I've been writing. My band, Without Fear, has got a new song coming out this Friday, July 7th. July 7th. So, I'm super excited about that. The song is called Fading Out. Really, really good one. I'm really loving the new song. So, hopefully, uh, you know, it gets a great response. Bridges got a great response. Thank you for all who did uh, take a listen for it. I do really appreciate it. For sure. And by the time this episode releases, that song may already be out. So go Amazing. check it out and see yeah. if it likely will be. And uh, exciting to have new material coming from you. I've also been writing new material with Downtrend. If you haven't checked out Backroads yet, Downtrend, Backroads, that's our latest single. It came out back in January. We've been hot at writing some new stuff also. So new shit coming from me and Dan aside from the podcast. So it's exciting times. Our creative juices are flowing both musically and creatively with the podcast and with our music bands. Absolutely. I think for sure... I know I'm in a much better headspace than I was a couple of months ago. So I feel like everything is getting back to normal. Family's great. My new job is doing great. And now I'm writing. We're doing the podcast again. What more can I ask for, man? Everything's awesome. Absolutely, man. Another thing that's awesome in your life is your dad. (laughs) So Dan has no idea what I'm about to speak about. But when me and Dan went to the listening party, I spent the night at Dan's house. And I got the privilege of meeting his father, who was one of the funniest people you could ever meet in your life. I just going to tell you, he's a complete (laughs) character. And he comes over and they're from New York originally and uh, transplant Arizonians. But anyway, his dad was talking about the New York Mets and his love for the New York Mets. I remember him saying that he records every game. And then when he goes home at night, he watches them. And that day I was there, Dan had mentioned that they won. And he like cussed Dan out. He's like, Dan, God damn it. You you know, I'm going to go home and watch that game. Why are you telling me who won for? Damn it, Dan. And he was so pissed off. Well, for those that don't know, I'm a massive Cincinnati Reds fan. And, of course, we are shit hot right now. The Reds are the talk of baseball, right? we got all these young guys kicking ass, and they've won, like, 21 of their last 26 games or something. Yeah, they've been on a massive run. So baseball has been exciting right now. Well, one of the Reds' best players who won Rookie of the Year last year is a player named Jonathan India. He's a second baseman for the Reds. And I came across on Facebook this thing, and I thought about Dan's dad. 
And it said the dad of Cincinnati Reds baseball player Jonathan India tapes his son's games and watches the Mets live instead and watches the Reds games on tape delay. <laughs> no way. <That's laughs> and awesome. I thought that would be Dan's dad. That would be watch, my dad. <laughs> yeah, watch the Mets live. And then once that's over, I watch my son's game. On tape. <laughs> that's so awesome, man. Matter of fact, <laughs> my kids uh, took my dad to the Mets game yesterday because the Mets are in town in Arizona. Yeah, there you go with the Yeah, so they went on July awesome. 4th to the game, which was awesome. And the Mets finally won, shockingly, because... We are the opposite of the Reds. We are one of the worst teams in the MLB right now. Yeah. But that's so cool, man. That it's, would totally be my dad. It's 100%. him, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, damn place for the Reds. I, was, I watched that later. I got to watch my Mets first. <laughs> that's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So I thought man. that was funny, man. So I'm glad you got man. to meet my dad. He is a character. I mean, we've been out here for a long time, and he's still straight off the corner in Brooklyn. You know oh, I mean? no question. Yeah. yeah. I was just sitting there soaking him up that day, just listening to him talk. He's got the greatest accent and everything. He's got everything that goes with, you know, being Italian. He's just perfect, man. Yeah. He's awesome. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. great. So, before we get into today's episode, Dan, there's a couple of news things we want to discuss real quick. Uh, one of which we'll start with kind of what happened in chronological order with time. Eddie Trunk had Tony Iommi on his show last week, which is always awesome to hear from Tony Iommi. He did over always. an hour with Eddie Trunk and talked about a lot of things non-Aussie related, but also Aussie related. But the news bit of it all was that Tony revealed, as speculated, that Black Sabbath was actually approached first to do Power Trip instead of Ozzy Osbourne. So you would have had a night of Black Sabbath and ACDC. We, of course, we've admitted we prefer Ozzy solo anyway. So for us, we'd rather see Ozzy solo than with Definitely. Sabbath. But still, the name Black though. Sabbath was is huge, right, for Billing. But he said on his end, he declined because he was concerned with Ozzy's health issues. He couldn't make the show. Right. And then later, the bill gets announced and there's Ozzy Osbourne on their solo, which is so fucking Ozzy, right? Is that not perfect yeah. or what? I wonder if there was a little uh, backhanded things going on there where they told him, I don't know if Ozzy can do the show and because they wanted to do solo. What do you think? I don't think so. You don't uh, think so? I think listening to Tony's tone when he told the story, he kind of was laughing. Okay. And, and he had said several times after, he's like, I hope Ozzy does great. You know, I was I was just concerned. Always. I didn't know if he'd be able to do it. And I hope it goes well. And yeah, his, his tone was not in any okay. way kind of uh, condescending about it. But it was funny that they did reach out to Sabbath first and kind of newsworthy that that was the initial thought. And that it's so Ozzy. To, to, well, Sabbath don't want to do it. Fuck it. I'll do it solo. And well, there he's there anyway. And Let's speculate on that a little bit. Obviously, Tony was on Eddie Trunk to promote the remaster, the 40th year anniversary of Live Evil, which is course, what they, yeah. you know, of course, if Tony or Geezer is on Eddie Trunk, we know we're talking about the Dio years because just that's the way it fucking goes on that show. But I don't think Geezer would have played and we'll get into that. But if Black Sabbath was approached to play it, I wonder if it would have just been Ozzy and Tony. So I'm going to fast forward to touch. We'll com they combine. I listened just today to Geezer's interview yeah, I haven't heard with Eddie it Trunk, and Eddie asked him. He said, oh, he said last week that he was approached about Power Trip. He declined it. He was concerned with Ozzy's health, to which Ozzy ended up taking the bill solo. Geezer, were you approached about Power Trip? And Geezer didn't even know what Power Trip was. He had yeah. no clue that it was even a thing. He didn't know Ozzy was playing it. He said it did not come before him. And then Eddie Trunk said, so you would not be interested in doing Power Trip if Black Sabbath Tony had been interested and so on. And Geezer just kind of reiterated that he hadn't heard anything about it. But then he still did say at the very end of the interview that while he would not tour again, he would not be opposed to doing one-offs. Okay, so maybe so Geezer would have done it. I'm sorry I didn't hear that, man. Yeah, no, Thank it's okay. 
it, it, it's brand new. It just came out, and I just happened to have time to listen to it today while I was at work. I was supposed to be watching videos for educational like training videos, and I was listening <laughs> to user Butler in my ear instead. But no, it just goes to the point that A, how disconnected he is. He's not even heard about Power Trip. Two, that he did say he would do a one-off, but he also acted to Eddie like he wouldn't be, have been interested in Power Trip. So I, it was kind of awkward. Yeah, the weird thing is, is I still think, I think Ozzy feels this way too, that they would like to do a final show with Bill. Now, I don't know if Bill could do a final show. I think he could if it was a one-off, but I think that is their intention someday to do one more show with the original four. And I know Ozzy has come out and said it a lot that his biggest regret was that Bill didn't play on the end. So I could see that happening. And I think you could get Geezer to play if Bill was involved. I really do. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And Tony definitely, it said right there on the show that he would be down for it if he knew everyone was healthy enough and up to the task. He did make a very, very blunt statement, though, that he didn't want to do it if it wasn't up to par. Right. So, you know, we've talked about Ozzy sitting in a chair possibly and performing and that we would be fine with that. Some people would, some wouldn't. I don't know that Tony would be up for that. He kind of made it clear that he wanted to do it if he did it and Black Sabbath did it, it would have to be tip top. I don't think Ozzy will ever be able to walk around on stage for a full hour and a half set ever again. That's my, yeah, I don't either. I, I yeah. don't see that. Unfortunately, either. I just yeah. don't see it. We are all cheering when he walks from a store or therapy to his car without a walker. Obviously energy is one big rush and you could do a lot of shit when you have that, but an adrenaline, that's the word I'm looking for, but I just don't think he could do a whole show, man. Yeah. It's a scary thought if he were to fall and really get hurt, too. I mean, that's like the worst thing you could ever yeah. imagine seeing on stage, just for him to fall and get hurt. So I liked the way he looked when he was strapped in, to be honest. I don't think it looked bad at all. No, I didn't. Right? Think so. I don't think I so. fully expect these creative ideas, almost like Kiss-like, where he's on pedestals that move or platforms that move, things like that thrown at times you can definitely mix in a few different ideas and get fun with it you know how cool would that be where you can do like bring back the ultimate sin throne that he sat in do a cool speak of the devil throne that he has on the you know on those photo sessions you could really get creative with it dude no question absolutely could yeah and it goes back to what you and i said for the past two years vegas it'd just be the perfect place you could have those props set up there night after night and it it just lends itself to it so perfectly so Tony did say he's also working on new music, but we don't know what for. I don't think he even knows what he for. He didn't know what yeah, for. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> so that's exciting. To, I mean, obviously, anytime Tony is writing and composing, it's great news. And yeah. we're such big fans of Mr. Iomi. And I'm excited for the fucking Born Again remix and remaster, dude. I yeah. love that record. And I know they're eventually going to work on it. They're talking about re-releasing Tony Martin era albums. And there are some great Tony Martin era albums. I think Cross Purposes is fantastic cross purposes is excellent yeah i think tear is really fucking good too so it's headless Mm -hmm. cross those are the three that i prefer i can't wait for them to start fucking all of those that needs to happen for sure yeah it does later it's it's too relevant also to not be in the catalog it's just ridiculous no question there's a lot of unreleased material diehards have the songs like i have the unreleased material and songs from cross purposes but we need to have easy access to this shit it's my biggest issue. Like, why the fuck are some of Ozzy's songs not on streaming services like Nightmare and I Can't Save You? It just makes no sense to me, man. But yeah, Nightmare may be the best song of the session. We've talked about that openly several times. We both love that song, and it's not even on the platform. I don't understand that. Yeah, and then they have... Yeah. And Speak of the friends. Devil isn't on the platform. Like, what the fuck is that? Just say Ozzy isn't, and yeah. I think that version of Shot in the Dark is to die for. It really it is. is, man. Yeah. Absolutely. The best Zach version of that song. kills it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That outro is so fucking good. And it's so good. So good. I listened to it this week, actually. I was just like, yeah. God, I like just say Ozzy. I know it's recorded in the studio, but fuck, it's all those no rest for the wicked songs live. It's just awesome. Man. Yeah, awesome. I agree totally. Yeah. Great version. Yeah. Another thing that Geezer mentioned, I know you haven't got to listen to the interview yet. It's, it's so fresh, but he did say one thing that I found a little bit discouraging. And I'm going to actually try to read the, I wrote it down so I could quote it. So what Geezer said to Eddie Trunk was, Eddie asked him if there's been anything in the book that he felt like was misrepresented, that people are, mis- are misunderstanding. And Geezer said, not really. But he did say, quote, people seem to be surprised that I haven't spoken to the rest of the band since the last gig. I don't know why I would be calling them up every week after being on the road with them for the last 50 years. Yeah, that's harsh, man. Yikes. Ouch. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, at that point, they're family. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, man. It's weird. I mean, no, we don't have to call up every week, but the final gig was how many years ago now? Yeah. Five, six? Mm, At least. Right? I understand you don't feel the need to call him up every week, but every so often you would think you would, especially when there's ailments. You know, Tony has cancer. Ozzy's been through hell and back the past couple of years. You would think it's the occasional, hey, man, just want you to know I'm thinking about you or something doesn't seem out of line. And, you know, we don't want to bag on Geezer because God knows he's one of the godfathers of our lives, what we've grew up just idolizing so much. And Geezer's such a huge part of it. But I just find that to be such an insensitive disappointing statement from him and why i feel the need to call him up every week it's like no one's asking you to call every week they're asking you to call every so often (laughs) right so just to clarify the last concert was february 4th 2017 we're coming up on over six years now so that that's just ridiculous yeah like you said even if you talk to them once a month or once every quarter something once a year yeah i don't know i don't understand how you yeah And you get this like I get it. Like when you write a record, I don't get the being in Black Sabbath. That's a whole nother fucking level. But even the little pissant records I've done in my life, you have a bond with that. Yep. People. Now, there are guys that I've played with in the past that we just never got along and I don't talk to anymore. But I would. They, quite frankly, haven't returned my phone calls. So I don't understand that concept because to me, when you create something like that, it creates a bond that is undeniable and unbreakable in my opinion yeah it just makes you wonder like dan and i have said for years that we felt like and before the show geezer was the one that was finished with black sabbath we don't think ozzy was we don't think tony was uh, and that it was geezer and i think as times went on that's proven more and more true he definitely did not want to do another album i know he at one point he even come out and said publicly where do we have to go from here we had a number one album all over the country it can only go get worse from there right but there's a weird i just thought there's more to the story it's so easy well sharon and gloria and this and that there's more to this man i don't understand and it's not just ozzy you're not talking to tone you're not talking to bill like never never it's it's the strangest thing that's the bigger story to me that he's not talking to tony we all know it was Tony Geezer, Bill and Ozzy, right? When they were touring yeah. back in the day. When Dio came in the band, it was Tony and Geezer, yeah. Vinny and Ronnie. And that was kind of how that band broke apart. So yeah. it's always Tony and Geezer, always. I am fucking mind blown that Geezer and Tony are not still talking. Yeah, it's so easy to hear Ozzy and just put all the blame on Sharon. But let's be real, it goes, it goes further than that. You know, it goes to Bill and Tony. And that, I know when Tony said it, it kind of like 
it was like, whoa, like you said, that was the moment that it really hit the fans. Like, uh, Geezer is not fucking with anybody. Don't you feel like it has to be money? I don't know what else it could be, dude. Uh, it has to be money. It has to be. He yeah. did mention the interview with Trunk about Ozzy suing. He, he actually referred to, he said, Sharon sued Tony for rights to the name Black Sabbath. And they got a 50-50 whatever. And he kind of was like, I don't know what the details were of that, but whatever. It's kind of how he stated it, something to that effect. But from what we understand... Sharon and Ozzy did get 50-50 names of the rights, but they split the money evenly between the members. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was part of Ozzy's. He even said that himself, not Sharon in interviews, that I'm suing him on behalf of the rest of the band because the band is on the name. If our faces are on these T-shirts, everybody should get – Bill should get a cut from it also. 100%. I think the reason Ozzy sued is so he can have creative control on what Black Sabbath puts out. Yeah. Right? I think that was the main reason. He didn't want – Tony moving on, bringing Tony Martin back into the fold and them doing another Black Sabbath record or Agreed. something to that effect. Agreed. But Ozzy fought for the, all four of them to have 25% equal money. And I think I've even heard Geezer say, I don't give a fuck if I'm part of the ownership. As long as I'm getting 25% of the money, then that's all that really matters. And that really is what would matter. Yeah. You know. And now that might not be of the tour though. That's of merchandise. That's of prior recordings. That's of all that stuff. True. Now we know for sure the touring, because Bill got an unsignable contract, True. quote unquote. So we know that's not how it is in the tour, True. but for definitely prior t-shirts, merchandising, all of that shit, it was 25% split. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to it. And maybe that's it. Maybe for the end tour, you know, once geezer's looking down his paychecks, maybe he's getting paid at, you know, half of what Tony and Ozzy were who fucking knows. Well, isn't that already been established? Like, with like a band like Motley Crue, right? Where Vince Neil and I think Mick Mars were contracted employees. I think yeah. Tommy and Nikki were the only ones making money. And I, I love crew, but I don't know them. Like I know Ozzy off the top of my head here. So yeah. but I believe I that's the case where well, they were not getting equal money. Yeah. Guns and Roses is the easiest example. Axl yeah. Rose on the name Guns and Roses. Right. And at this point, Slash and Duff are hired musicians for Axl. Yeah, and exactly. it's just a reality. Right. And that's also why they're recording Hard School and Absurd and these other Chinese democracy songs. And they're redoing them because Axl tells them to because they're, right. they're employees. They're getting paid handsomely. I'd like 100%. to have that gig. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I guess that's what it comes down to. So I don't know. It's just disheartening, I think, for fans like us and whoever's listening to this show. I know you all love Ozzy so much and, and Black Sabbath. And it's, you grew up with them and you love them. And in your mind, they're brothers. And I think they are still brothers, but it's frustrating and disheartening to know that they don't speak as, as often as they should in these golden years of their life, the twilight of their life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it is the music business. And I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but it is the reality of it. There is a business first. And a lot of times, and Black Sabbath is a great example of this, they're not even in control of all of the shit that goes on from a business standpoint. Yeah. Honestly, back in the 70s, they had no idea what was going on and they were all getting taken uh, so it is the music business, and hopefully these guys can understand what they've accomplished. They created a genre of music. They have millions of fans, and I think it's disheartening that Geezer's not talking to them. Because we knew this a year ago where Ozzy said he still talks to Bill. You know Tony's still talking to Bill. So they're all talking to each other but Geezer. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah. So. The other interesting thing that Josh had brought up to me today after listening to the interview was that Geezer in the interview just came out and said that Ozzy wrote the lyrics to Black Sabbath, to Wicked World and Fairies Wear Boots. And we knew Black Sabbath and Fairies Wear Boots. I mean, Josh and I have been talking about that for a long time now on this podcast that Ozzy wrote the lyrics to that. Now, interesting fact, Geezer wrote 
the music for Black Sabbath, the first three-fourths of the song before the it speeds time. up. Yeah, and it's based off of uh, Gustav Holst's Mars, which is a, a suite of classical music. And a lot of people think Tony was inspired by that, but it was actually Geezer. But I think it's really interesting that Ozzy wrote the lyrics to Wicked World. And I'll tell you why. They are clear in a way, maybe his most thought-provoking lyric he's ever written. Because I always thought those were great lyrics, personally. And I just always assumed those were geezers because they kind of like are a pre-war pigs to me. Talking about how we want to go to the moon, but we can't take care of our poor. They're very thought-provoking lyrics. And I always thought they were incredible lyrics. I thought maybe it was one of the strongest parts of the song. Because it's a very basic song, quite frankly. Yeah, and I'm really over the moon to find out that Ozzy wrote those. It goes to show you that a, Ozzy is way more involved than people give him credit for. And it also goes to show that Ozzy can really put a really thoughtful, awesome set of lyrics together. Black Sabbath is also a great set of lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. I know when he said that, I was so shocked also. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like For one, hearing Geezer say, again, Ozzy wrote the song lyrics for Black Sabbath. A lot of people try to refute that and say that Ozzy didn't write Black Sabbath. And Geezer said on a couple of occasions now that Ozzy did write those lyrics. And to hear him you know, restate that one more time, just for everybody, was awesome. And Fairies Wear Boots, of course, was written about the skinheads who were trying to fight Geezer outside the studio and this and that. He mentioned that again, that Ozzy, at that point, just, you know, after they chased the guys off, that Ozzy had wrote those lyrics and brought them in. But then, yeah, when he said Wicked World, I, my ears perked up. And I was like, I have never heard this. And I was like, Dan, have we heard this before that Ozzy wrote Wicked World? Like, am I forgetting no. this? And he's like, no, yeah. this is no news. That's three songs right there in the early era, three classic Black Sabbath songs that Ozzy wrote the lyrics for that we know of on top of some of the others later on, you know. So he's always had his hand in the melodies and so, and so on and so forth. But I think he was more heavy-handed lyrically than people give him credit for early on. That said, of course, Geezer handled the bulk of it. And there's no denying that. He's amazing. And I just want to reinstate how good these lyrics are, Josh. I'm not joking. I've always been kind of really into these lyrics, even as a kid, because I really thought it was like a precursor to war pigs. And I'm not talking about war, but just how politicians and just don't care about the poor and stuff like that. People go to work just to earn their bread while people just across the sea are counting their dead. I mean, just really kind of intelligent lines. Like I love, I always love the line, they could put a man on the moon quite easy and the delivery of that while people here on earth are dying of old diseases. What a great fucking lyric, dude. Yeah. Great killer, lyric. Yeah. And like you said, it sounds like classic geezer. So it's kind it of, does. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah. Does. I am so shocked that Ozzy did it to be perfectly yeah. blunt. Yeah. So that was a, we do shit on Eddie Trunk on the show sometimes, but both those interviews with Geezer and with Tony were excellent. If you can go back yeah. and listen to those, I advise it. Listen, Eddie is the best at what he does. The only reason we shit on him is because of his outlook on Ozzy. He is negative on Ozzy. He'll get out there and claim he isn't, but that's just not facts. He is. He is anti Ozzy and he doesn't really think Ozzy is very talented. And well, even when Geezer said that, he goes, oh, so Ozzy did write some lyrics in Black Sabbath. Like yeah, never exactly. Heard he wrote any. And it's like, he's he knows he's wrote some of them shit. He's, he's It's a stupid comment. Trump, and that, that's know? the yeah. frustration about it. That's a stupid ass comment. We all know that Ozzy wrote, who are you? Am I going insane? He wrote the writ. There are a plenty of lyrics that Ozzy wrote in Black Sabbath. If you want to be the world's premier rock and roll heavy metal dude, you should know that Ozzy's pen lyrics. It's ridiculous. Yeah. One more quick thing that Geezer mentioned in that that I thought was interesting too, we'll throw there for the listeners, just a little food for thought. He said that in the later years, probably around the technical ecstasy era, that Ozzy showed up to a photo shoot wearing a Blizzard of Oz shirt. And Geezer said, he asked him, said, what is that? And Ozzy said, well, if I ever go solo, that's going to be the name of my band. Which, right. you know, for all you Blizzard of Oz people, yeah, that's what Ozzy said. Now I'm going to call the band Blizzard of Oz. He did. And he said at that point, 
Geezer said he'd been writing some solo songs also, some songs on his own, and he played them for Ozzy. And they contemplated going off on their own, the two of them, and starting a new band together, just the two of them. I thought that I'd never really heard that before in that era. We got uh, the book, dude. Found that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's yeah, ordered. I ordered mine today, actually. Yeah. So that is yeah. very interesting, man. That's a killer. That would have been killer. Yeah. Cause he said Ozzy liked what he had written and that they talked about it, which goes to show you that clearly at that point they were getting along pretty well. Yeah. And then I- they had Bill Fire Geezer, right? And then like two weeks later, Geezer said he got a call, said rehearsal start next week. He's like, I thought <laughs> I was fired. And then he just yeah. shows up at rehearsals. It never happened. But yeah, you know, that's just, I think drugs play into I a lot of that stuff. The truth of the matter is you could clearly tell that Ozzy mentally left the band after sabotage because yeah. that's when he bought the blizzard of Oz shirts and we all have those photo shoots they're killer with ozzy wearing the blizzard of Oz shirts and those photo shoots but ozzy couldn't stand the direction of technical ecstasy he makes no yeah. bones about it right he just didn't like it man he thought that sabbath had lost their way and he wanted to go back to the earlier style and the irony is a sabbath bloody sabbath is his favorite sabbath record but it's still heavy and progressive and still it's not that far off from the original stuff, but technical ecstasy, and I'm not shitting on it. You know, I fucking love Never Say Die. Yeah. We'll get to it someday. But for some reason, Ozzy mentally left before the recordings of technical ecstasy. And I think that was the biggest bone with the band. Ozzy was only contributing vocal melodies by the end. He was done with lyrics. And that yeah. annoyed the fuck out of Geezer. I think so. And no doubt, even you know, as far as recording a new album in 2015 or whenever they talked about potentially following up 13 with another album, I think Geezer's whole thing was, I don't want to fucking have to sit here and write another set of lyrics. He wrote lyrics for like, what, 12 fucking songs. Ozzy yeah. wrote four for 13 and Geezer wrote yep. the other 12. So I think it was kind of like, fuck, I don't want to write lyrics for 12 more songs. I think he really just doesn't enjoy it that much. And we all know when Ozzy is not, even though Ozzy's not contributing a lot of the lyrics, he is contributing, especially in his solo career, the title parts of the songs and he did that even like if you listen to killing yourself to live there are a few lines in there that geezer took but he wrote yeah he wrote around it so ozzy always like takes a line from here or there that that when he's writing the melody because basically ozzy's almost like the original rapper right he's fucking he's singing those lyrics off the top of his head when he's writing his songs and he actually it does a pretty good damn job of it a lot of the time it's usually like a musical direction at that point right Uh, oh this song's gonna be about barking at a moon okay yeah and waiting for darkness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So for the last piece of news of the week, and it's been making the rounds, Ozzy was overwhelmingly chosen to be the name of the mechanical bull from Birmingham 2022's Commonwealth Games. And if anybody knows that was going around, people had to vote on it. Ozzy received 70% of the votes. And uh, this bull is now going to be held at the Birmingham New Street Station. And Ozzy was obviously super appreciative blown away by it and uh, was very thankful for it. So pretty interesting kind of, to me, it kind of goes hand in hand with Ozzy, hopefully someday being knighted. I know that's a very big thing here with a lot yeah. of Ozzy fans. And I think Ozzy would love that. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got Paul McCartney, Elton John, ton of tremendous yeah. artists that, that have been Brian May uh, recently, Brian May recently, Tony's best friend. Right. I think it'd be great to see Tony and Ozzy's knighted yeah. personally. I mean, that's who it should be, but, uh, it's a great start, the Mechanical Bull being named after Ozzy. And Ozzy put out a video thanking them for the honor, and clearly it did mean a lot to him. But you know, I think the takeaway that we all really had from the video was how fucking good Ozzy looked yeah. and sounded. And if you haven't awesome. seen the video, yeah, go to his, his social media pages and watch it. He looked great. And I let my wife hear it. He speaks more audible now than he did 25 years ago. Well, we know why. 
Why? Because of the drugs. Oh, he was not, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't mean the Osbournes necessarily, but I just mean in general. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, of no, course, but I think that's what, he was totally doped up, but yeah, but that's the reason because he was yeah. on all of those fucking drugs, man. But even he, a sober Aussie six years ago, he sounds more audible now than he did then. I think, think he's. So? Just, I think so. I think his voice has slowed down a little bit. I think it's just because he doesn't breathe as quickly. <laughs> He's right. kind of labors to breathe a little bit, but it makes him so audible. And I swear, me, me and Dan have totally like went on and on about this. We got a man crush on Ozzy's gray hair. He looks so fucking cool with the gray he hair. He does. He looks man. amazing. Amazing. He looked great in that video. I was just so happy to see it. And I know you were too. So, and Mrs. Helen Mediotis will love our shout out about the uh, 90 Ozzy. Yes, yeah. not Ozzy. Go to her page, sign the petition if you haven't. I don't know how many signatures they have now, but it's a ton. But yeah, let's make that happen because that's all he needs now is to have uh, is to be knighted. And I'm like, you massacred it. Let's put Tony Ami right beside of him. Yeah, be awesome. sir. Tony just looks like he should be knighted, right? Sir yeah. Tony, it just works perfectly. One time yeah. on the show, Dan referred to Tony Ami as the coolest motherfucker on earth. And now <laughs> he my is. Finger here, Tony. I think he's the coolest motherfucker on earth. He, he is really cool. is. He like, is, is man. cooler than Tony Ami. If anybody needs to be a sir, it's fucking Tony Iommi. Exactly. Especially for creating a genre, too, man. It's amazing. All right. So that brings us to Evil Shuffle, one of the heaviest songs off of Ozzy's amazing Patient Number 9 album. The song was written by Ozzy, Andrew Watt, Robert Trujillo, Chad Smith, and Ali Tamposi. So again, I would consider that the core group of writers for most tracks off this record. I love seeing Robert Trujillo have a writing credit and pretty much that goes with who played on the record. Andrew Watt played guitar. Zach Wilde played guitar. Obviously Robert Trujillo played bass and Chad Smith played drums and keyboards were played by Zach Wilde as well. Great, great core group of musicians on this track. I think it's very, very heavy. One of the heaviest songs, if not the heaviest song on the record, Josh, give me your first Gut instinct when you think of evil shuffle. One thing real quick. I love that whoever's in the room gets a songwriting credit with Watt and team. They're, they're all about getting together, jamming. Everyone gets credit, and let's just roll from there. I think that's very cool. Very team Evil shuffle is the balls of the album. No question. It comes in like a fucking wrecking ball. Like that scream kind of well i don't even know what that technically and is it's so cool I, though yeah it, it, if you've ever heard the song abominator by doyle it sounds like then yeah. almost like a war pigs right with that first opening note just hits and it's just so fucking big and it's definitely the heavy metal song of the record no question about that i would um, say when that before i cut you off i'm sorry yeah. but just talking about that opening note for some reason dude it reminds me of under the sun like boom, you know how that, yeah. that, the opening of Under the Sun is so fucking Uh-oh. heavy. I feel one coming on. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah. Dun, dun. But, but just when they hit that opening chord, <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, oh my god, it's so heavy, man. It just like, hits so fucking big. Yeah, no question. So yeah, that opening chord totally reminds me of Under the Sun, and coincidentally enough, Josh, it is tuned to C sharp, just like Under the Sun. Maybe that ear. Is working a little bit, but you know, that's pretty low for modern Aussie to be. T- it's not yeah, drop sure. D, it's tuned straight to C sharp like Black Sabbath used to. And I think that's why you're getting such a heavy vibe on yeah, such a Evil Sabbath Walks. vibe from that track. Sorry. Yeah. Evil Shuffle. I call it Evil Walks all the time because of the ACDC song. <laughs> Always. You know that song? I don't know if I know what album's that on. For those about to rock. Okay. I, I yeah. totally know it. It's just not one I'm overly familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's a good one. It's a great song. Yeah. Same tuning for Evil Shuffle. All right. So I interrupted you. First thought was heavy as balls. 
Continue. Yeah, heaviest balls. I remember, you know, when we listened to it for the first time, it was like, fuck, this one's going to be the heavy banger. While it does maintain being a heavy song, it gets a little quirky, of course, with the lyrical content and, and Zach soloing behind Ozzy's lyrics and melody and stuff. So it, it doesn't really maintain the balls that it opens with it, but it just comes out so fucking big out of the gate. That's kind of the standout moment, that and Zach Wilde's guitar playing. You know, we've said on the show, track after track, that Zach really kicked ass on patient number nine and really stood out amongst you have a who's who of guitar players and zach definitely stands out amongst them but i think none more so than on evil shuffle he's fucking shredding his ass off on this track and like tasteful shredding not just fucking mindless shredding there's a difference yeah no question i would have to say and we learned about this when we were at sirius xm studios at the aussie show it ain't just me it's <laughs> a ham also it That's ain't just right. me. i think it kind of makes the song so when ozzy is singing the verses Zach is following him on the guitar behind. Yes. I think it was Andrew Watt actually that talked about it where when they originally wrote the song, it was very similar to Straight to Hell, right? Where, mm-hmm. where the band stops. Well, of yeah. course, War Pigs. But yeah, I think of Straight to Hell because the Andrew Watt vibe. But it had that vibe where Ozzy sings. And Ozzy's very high on this. And Ryan pointed this out to us, just like Ozzy is on Straight to Hell, where Ozzy's really, really up in the upper register on this. But if you listen closely, Zach is playing Ozzy's melody behind him. And I think it adds so much to the song. And I think it really elevates it because I think the song, I don't want to say it would be pedestrian, but as Zach said, we've heard this before. War Pigs, you know, Straight to Hell and other countless songs where it's just Ozzy singing. So I think it's really cool that Zach added that little different vibe to the song. And I think it definitely elevates it from that perspective. And the fact that Zach wasn't afraid to step up and say that. Sure. For one, let's be clear, Zach ain't afraid of fucking nobody, but this is not a song he wrote. But yet he had the wherewithal to say, hey, I know how we can improve this. You know, let me follow Ozzy's melody on the guitar just to give it a different feel and vibe. What I love about it is that he starts out on the higher notes and yeah. then on the same verse when he drops to the lower. Burr, so burr, good, burr, man. Burr, it's the best part of the song. Yeah. Yes, I love that section. Honestly, I'm going to be honest, as a guitar player, if I was following the vocals, I would probably stick on the high notes the entire song. Yeah. And the fact that Ozzy's so high. Him, yeah. And then the fact that he thought to drop down and give us a little bass there on the on the last half of the second verse is fucking excellent. If you remember specifically, Andrew said Zach originally tried to play chords behind Ozzy. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't working. So he decided to follow the vocal melody instead, which yeah. worked great. I think you nailed it, Josh. This is what separates patient number nine from ordinary man. And we love ordinary man. We're not here to shit on that record. Adding the guitar players they did and adding these little ideas and Zach coming back and saying, why don't we do this is what elevates these songs because the guitar playing is off the fucking chain on this song. Zach shreds, of course, on it. But I think it's really the difference. Obviously, the production is way better, too. But Andrew having the foresight and the courage to let other people come in and help the songs. And we know as songwriters, it can be hard to do that sometimes. because <laughs> It can be hard. <laughs> you know, it's your way. It's your vision. And I think it shows so much maturity in someone like Andrew who doesn't need to prove himself. This guy one fucking producer of the year to open ideas up to these other guys, which is great. Yeah. And he's Zach wild. So I'm sure Andrew would love to have Zach simply on everything he's involved with, with him. I mean, it's, you know, why not Zach co-wrote no more tears, you know? So, I mean, and they even mentioned that also that, you know, Ozzy and Sharon wanted more of a no more tears vibe. Well, Zach wild helped write no more tears. So having his input obviously is going to be productive in that 
you know, that realm also. So Ozzy's always the star of the show. We we established that last episode, but Zach on this track really stands out. I mean, his guitar playing is just over the fucking top. I think the odd thing about Evil Shuffle is the simple arrangement. It really is a very short song. It's four minutes and 10 seconds. And we know the last 10 to 15 seconds is kind of a fuck around. And the first 10 seconds is kind of fuck around. So it's about a 340 song, right? Outside of Immortal, it's probably the shortest song on the record. It's basically verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, solo. So it really doesn't have a mid-solo in the song. The solo is at the very end of the song, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, extremely cool. Other than Zach's noodling behind Ozzy's vocal, then yeah. the the end the ending shred, which is you know never ending. It goes for fucking you know like I said, fifteen never. seconds after the track, and that was I remember the first time we heard that. It's been so blown away by that. Like the track ends and Zach's just jamming and jamming right. and jamming. Like I said earlier, tasteful jamming. The Zach we all love. And it's, it's just so fucking cool. It's such a good idea. And it makes you wonder, was that planned out or does Zach just keep fucking going? I have a theory on that, actually. Let's hear it. You want to you go for it now? Yeah. So, listeners, we want to know, what do you think is said at the end of that song? Oh. Someone says something in the distance, but you can hear it pick up. Today was the clearest that I've heard it. So I have my Something fucking rules. Right? I think it's Ozzy. What's the word? Yeah. Dan and I have went back and forth on this for almost a year now. I think he says Zach fucking rules. And I think it's Andrew Watt. I think it says Ozzy fucking rules. He thinks it says Ozzy. Now, what I will give Dan to his argument is there's two syllables there. Yeah. But if you say it in a country twang, Zach fucking rules, that goes two syllables. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Not everybody is from Kentucky and we're going to throw a a country (laughs) twang. (laughs) You know, Zach is as New Jersey as it gets, motherfucker. I think, you know, what did admit they did say they went to Zach's studio because they were, they were kind of having some, I don't want to say issues. This is the very track that Zach, you mentioned earlier. Zach wasn't overly happy with some things. He wanted to discuss some rearrangements of some stuff. So what said he went to Zach's studio in the black Vatican to work on this track, right? And I think when Zach was tracking that song and he just kept fucking shredding and kept shredding. Now, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't planned. It may have been planned for him to keep shredding. Walt might have told him before the take, hey, once the song ends, just keep on fucking jamming, man. This is just fucking rip, let it rip and we'll, you know, whatever. We'll edit from there. It may have been planned. But I think when Zach was shredding and it's so fucking beautiful and tasteful, I think Andrew, you're from the fucking control room, Zach fucking rules. And yeah. they kept it. That's I my actually opinion. think it's Zach yelling Aussie fucking rules while he's shredding. That's what Maybe. I think. Yeah. We gotta we gotta find out. Yeah. See, we, I think Ozzy, find this out. I think Zach is shredding, knowing he's recording the Aussie record, you know, shredding and he just screams out, Aussie fucking rules. Because it's right at the end as he's holding that final yeah. note. Yeah, it could. Be, I, you know, as I, I, I'm not backtracking, I still stick to my story. But I will say on my wall in front of my face right now, I have a Nervous for the Wicked autograph vinyl record by Zach to which he writes Aussie rules, Zach Wild. You know what? We have a connection with Zach. We have a tight connection. I'm going to ask somebody that. OK, hopefully we can get an answer back on that. That would be awesome. Again, the song is pretty straightforward. It is basically. I feel like them trying to write a heavy song for the record. Cause you know, I, I jammed this record the other day between one of those days, a thousand shades, Mr. Darkness, nothing feels right. All great songs, but they all kind of are mellow heavy, right? This album has so much in common with osmosis, man. I'm sorry. It is like osmosis junior. It really is, which is probably why you and I love it so much, but I think they were purposely writing a heavy song. And I think, you know, that's what degradation rules is as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I remember some of my friends growing up were like, oh, Osmosis has too many ballads. And I'm like, right. what the fuck? This album's heavy as goat balls. That's what we call it growing up. Heavy as goat balls. It's like. Balls is the best language. Balls is the best word in the English language, by the way. I joke with my wife about this. Anything can be balls. That's scary yeah. as balls. Cool as balls. Man, it's the greatest thing since balls, man. It's, it's awesome. cold as balls out here. Cold as balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the but Osmosis is heavy as balls. And I guess it's reality it is. is balls, too, if you want to have that argument. But yeah, yeah I agree. They definitely the vibe they were going for in this album it's definitely a heavy album despite if it's a ballad or not it, it doesn't have to be fucking sabbath bloody sabbath to be heavy you can right. you can have a ballad and it be a heavy song heavy lyrical content i think see you on the other side is pretty fucking heavy if you want to know the truth yeah but it's a ballad in my opinion absolutely yeah absolutely see i agree all right so let's look into the lyrics a little bit i'll start with this when we were at Sirius XM Studios and went and heard the song for the first time. I leaned over to Josh and said, What the fuck is an evil shuffle? And <laughs> his response back was, Oh, it's gotta be about sex doing the evil shuffle. And I thought it totally made sense. And I was like, Oh, you're right. I'm such an idiot. But at the end of the day, I do not think that's what the song is about, Josh. And and you don't either anymore. But that was funny because that was the initial thought we had, right? That it was about sex doing the evil shuffle. Yeah, well, honestly, at first I thought it was about sex, and then I thought it was about necrophilia, like sex oh. with a corpse. Hey, only Slayer. You know, like, are they getting real deep on us here? Like, <laughs> literally, that's what she said. But uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was our initial thought. But like you said, after listening to it closer, I don't think so. So we'll examine the lyrics right now. This is another one, like Mr. Darkness, I think that you could kind of say it's Ozzy speaking to himself but I don't feel that way nearly as strong. And the only reason you would get that is because of the, you know, the madman line, right? At one point I was like, oh shit, is he singing to himself again? His little shuffle on stage, is that his evil shuffle that Ozzy does? But I don't think that's what it is, but let's keep an open mind. I believe it's about zombies, just straight up zombie song is what I think the song's about. Interesting. You think it's about zombies? I do. A hundred percent. What do you think? I, just, I think it's about a serial killer. All right. He just has voices in his head, like Ozzy always likes to write about singing, hearing voices in so his head. So you think it's No More Tears Part 2? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Let's go through it. Let's figure it out. You think it's about a serial killer? I think it's about zombies. It could be about Ozzy. So let's uh, let's dig in. Why don't we do that? You ready? For, let me just real quick. I love that almost every song we've done so far in the Space Number 9 series, we've had a differing opinion on what it's actually about. That's so fucking artistic and it cool, is. though. Very cool. It's awesome. And this is yeah. Ali Camposi for sure. That's our girl who we it's think is girl. mom. So yep. She's not Bob Daisley. Let's be clear. She's not Bob Daisley. Sorry to that user that keeps on pointing that out to us on YouTube. We know that yeah. she's still fucking awesome. Yes, she doesn't right now. You see it now. You don't. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let's I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. We all love Bob, obviously. We of course we fucking love yeah. Bob. That's how it kills me. Like you can't yes. say anything about like it's like okay, look. Deep down, we know actually that Ryan fucking loves Over the Mountain. Right. Like, we like just like the, his balls. Yes, of course. Yeah. We fucking love Bob Daisley. But, but does Ryan love Over the Mountain? I don't think uh, he does. He uh, said that Dutch Remetro sucks, so yeah. whatever. We tried to ask who wrote it, and he was like, it doesn't matter. It sucks. All right, here's the first verse. <laughs> I'm looking for pleasure. My pleasure is pain. I know that the night is calling for the evil shuffle again. It starts with a feeling. I'm losing control. There's blood on the ceiling, baby. And the voices call from below. Yeah. All right. So that really is verse one. And I still feel like it could be either or. 
Right. It could be definitely yeah. very straightforward. Clearly someone's going to die and there was blood all over the ceiling and yeah. the voices are there. There's an urge, right? The urge to do something. Yeah. Agreed. So the next is madman living inside me. He won't let me go. Madman. His smiling. So frightening. Turn my night to a beautiful nightmare. Yeah. Again, same thing. I feel something's inside this person that's making them commit yeah. bad acts. He comes out at night is when he wants to create harm. It starts with a feeling he's losing control. So the evil shuffle could be maybe him walking to go kill a victim or the zombie shuffle. And we got zombie stomp part two. Still yeah. up for debate. Yeah. Definitely has a night stalker vibe though so far. Yeah, it does. A hundred percent. All right. So the next is I crawl in the shadows. I pray on the weak. When I do the evil shuffle, yeah, you won't be moving your feet. I'll never escape it. Death brings me to life. Now that's my zombie line. You'll cry for mercy, baby, but the laughter is getting you high. Let's talk about this again. I crawl in the shadows, I pray in the weak. Could be either. When I do the evil shuffle, you won't be moving your feet. I'll never escape it. Death brings me to life. Now that could be either. I took it literally. Death brings me to life as a zombie. But maybe the killer is saying when he kills, that's when I'm feeling alive. I take uh, it figuratively like that. Yeah. 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 You'll cry for mercy, baby, but the laughter. And that's pretty much the whole song. You know, Madman living inside me won't let me go. Madman, his smiling's so frightening to turn my night to a beautiful nightmare. Then we do have a little bit of a bridge. Madman lives inside me, driving me crazy all night long. Doing the evil shuffle is really where I do belong, is where I do belong. So one of my pet peeves about this song is that they use the line, Madman Living Inside Me, in the bridge. And I don't know why it's a pet peeve of mine, but I find it lazy. And I don't say that very often about this record. But we go to that bridge section with a cool-ass riff, and Ozzy once again is Madman, you know, singing Madman Living Inside Me, which is the chorus refrain. And I just wish they wouldn't have gone there during the bridge. It kind of bothers me a little bit. Yeah, you're pretty big on that. I remember, there, you know, a couple of songs in Ordinary Man, you had an issue with that. Sometimes they kind of went lazy on the bridge a little bit. And Ozzy's known for amazing bridges. I guess that's right. part of it. He's done it before. I mean, Jesus Christ, Waiting for Darkness is one of my all-time favorite songs. And the bridge is just Waiting for Darkness. But for some reason, it bothers me in this song. I think he does it in You're No Different, too, if I'm not mistaken. A good example of when you should change it is like the, the demo for I Don't Want to Change the World, whereas the bridge discussed I Don't Want to yes. Change the World. And then they later rewrote lyrics, and it's Which so much better. way better. Yeah, yeah, way yeah, better. So much, that's a great example of putting the time in to do that. But I 100% agree. So that's one of my big pet peeves on this song. He uses two lines, right? Again, doing the evil shuffle is, again, said elsewhere in the song. So I just find it a little lazy. So I don't think we have an answer. I lean a little bit more now towards what you're saying, which is a serial killer. I think I'm on your page. Oh, a hey, monumental episode. Hey. I bring that to my side for once. Yes. Okay. All right. I do. You know, death brings me to life. You know, I, I think that's all about just the, the energy and the thrill of doing that, stalking people, killing them. I do understand, you know, as far as a zombie goes, the evil shuffle, zombies kind of walk with that shuffle. Yeah, that's right? where I came up with that. it, right? Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. That's where my brain is. So, so but again, it's, it's neat that it can go either way. I think it is ambiguous enough that it could it could go either way. Listeners, let us know what you think. I'd love to hear what you guys think on what this song is actually about. Do you lean on the zombie side or the serial killer side? Maybe we'll put a poll up. Definitely interesting. Like I said, it's fun that you can go either way. That's the beautiful part about art. 
maybe it's neither one. Maybe it's something we don't even realize yet, you know, but this one to me feels more straightforward. And I think night stalking and killing and voices in their head is just a classic Ozzy go-to. Obviously, Ali Tamposa was the lyricist in this song, but I feel like Ozzy had a heavy part in a lot of these lyrics. This kind of corny shit, the evil shuffle. One thing I think we can say for sure is probably not about sleeping with the corpse. Definitely not, or having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely either. But that's kind of where my mind went. But, you know, one thing, too, I want to mention, the bass playing. Throughout this whole album, and the bass playing is so fucking good. It's, you know, on an album that is so riddled with amazing guitar players and guitar work, the bass playing on this record is so freaking good, man. And we all overlook it because of the amazing guitar playing. Robert Trujillo's bass on the songs really stand out also. He's, Ryan said for Mr. Darkness, he just dances all over the place in this yeah. song. He's so good. Yeah. I really hope Robert is on every Ozzy album from here on out, to be honest. I think he is just irreplaceable. I He's do. kind of his guy, isn't he? Yeah. At this point? I, I think that would be great. And I actually think this is the lineup, right? Zach needs to be involved. Obviously, if Zach is not on this song in particular, I don't think it is nearly as good as what it is. I honestly don't, Josh. Yeah, I think without Zach, this is more of an It's a Raid type song. I don't mean style-wise, I just mean quality-wise. Like It's a Raid has some really cool elements, and I do enjoy it. But at the same time, it's just not quite there with some of the others, you know, even though it was a single, which I don't, I don't ever understand. Well, because but, Post Malone is on it. It's the reason. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what's to understand, but yeah. But yeah, I think without Zach, it's just right there as another basic track from the Watt era. But Zach takes this song to another level. Yeah threefold honestly three levels i i think this is zach wilde's show on this song it's always ozzy's show but for this track maybe it is zach's show because he's fucking phenomenal yeah i think it's probably for me closer to like straight to hell if zach's not on it and i know yeah. you're a little higher on straight to hell than i am and i do like straight to hell especially the bridge bridge on straight to hell shits all yeah. over the bridge on this song i think it's about similar you know ozzy with heavy riff, Ozzy sings. Heavy riff, Ozzy sings. You know, yeah. I think the chorus is actually maybe a little better in this one. Straight to Hell's chorus is a little, eh, you know, yeah. just okay. They're, they're definitely similar style. I just mean quality-wise. Yeah, like, me it's, it's more on, to me, in, in the vein of It's a Raid. But I understand that for you, Straight to Hell is kind of down there with It's a Raid. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, exactly. Whereas for me, I hold that one a little higher than you do. So that's, that's, I think we're both saying the same thing, just in different ways. But yeah, still that said it leads to the fucking strength of this album because I really fucking love this song. Yeah. On Ordinary Man, this is probably a middle upper of the pack track. I think it's probably, we talk about this a lot. I think there's four to five, off, four probably off Ordinary Man that are fucking lights out good. I mean, amazing. And I'd say this would be right below that on yeah, Ordinary agreed. Man. So 100%. yeah, five, six, right up there, right, which is exactly where I have Straight to Hell, by the way. Okay. You know, and that's where I, I have it to raid. So yeah. No way. How many songs are on Ordinary Man? Ten? Yeah. It's a raid. It's probably about seven or eight for me. Okay. Yeah. That's, this is a little better than that. Yeah, a little bit better than that. So at the end of the day, I do think this is a solid song. Unfortunately, it does fall in my bottom four. And it does kind of break my heart a little bit. Degradation Rules also fell in my bottom four. No Escape From Now also fell in my bottom four. In a weird way, some of the heavier songs off this record all have been in my bottom I'm going to say for me, upper middle pack. Don't I say that every, every, yeah, every, every episode, episode or every, I, whatever. Oh, I'm fucking shit. No way. I'm just, ah. <laughs> uh, for me, if I'm being 100% honest, Evil Shuffle might be my least favorite song on the album. It's this one and Degradation Rules are probably my, my bottom two. But again, we say this a million times and we know the listeners at this point get it. It's just the quality of the fucking record, though. 
Right. Because like we just said, this song would be upper middle of the pack for ordinary man. So, and it might be the worst song on this album. So that this Very again well yeah. leans to how great this fucking album is. But yeah, I think this one and degradation rules are probably my bottom two in the, of the sessions. So I think degradation rules is at least fun. Now I've talked to people that hate the lyrics on it. The lyrics don't bother me. We've talked about this on the episode. Now you see it. Now you don't No bone movies. Ozzy has plenty of songs about debauchery, so Degradation Rules is just perfect. So the lyrics don't Speaking of that, dude, we got to bring this up real quick. How about the fact that Geezer said the other day in an interview <laughs> yeah. that a national acrobat is about jacking off from the perspective of the, of the fucking Semen. sperm? The sperm, yeah. yeah That's crazy. I, did you know that? No. I, I didn't have, know that. Yeah. It's and such you know, an intellectual song, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so intellectual. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about you and I because we do that a lot. But no. <laughs> you do. Remember, I'm 50. In all sincerity, we've talked on the show a lot about how we like writing from the other perspective. We mentioned it in Mr. Darkness. Is this, you know, Ozzy writing internally or Ozzy writing from a fan perspective to him? Demon, I call that. It's the, it's the alcohol singing to Ozzy, right? Personification, so it's called. Personification. There you go. Dan's yeah. the educated one of us all. But the thought that Geezer wrote you know, a national acrobat from the perspective of the sperm. Like I, I had no clue. That blew me away to hear that. So geezer, I can't wait to read the book, man. So much of this cool shit that we didn't know in there for sure. But that reminded me of that also when we were kind of discussing it real quick, but yeah, just, I love those little moments that you, you learn things like that. Yeah. But I agree with you, man. It goes to talking about how fucking amazing this record is because evil shuffle is probably the worst song on this record. Honestly, like you said, it, it just is. And 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 that doesn't take anything away from it. I still sometimes walk around singing that chorus. It's catchy. 100%. Melodies are fine. Ozzy's a little higher than he probably should have been. But the reason is, is because it's tuned to C sharp. I bet yeah. you there's not a lot of songs on this record that are tuned that deep. Yep. I'm telling you right now, most of this is E flat. We've always said Ozzy's best in E flat. He yeah. just is. It just, it just yeah. works for him. But, you know, again, the song is very fun. You mentioned that a minute ago for another, like this, this is a fun song. And uh, Zach Wild, man. Zach Wild. Damn. Ah, he's so funny. He is the star, man, of the song. We, we walked out of that studio. We're going to read her this one more time. And we were just like, God, Zach is so fucking good on this record. Like, yeah. God. And that hasn't dwindled one bit. No. 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 If anything, like, nothing feels before. right could be one of Zach's best solos of his career. Yeah. Right? And we need to know, was that ending improv or did, was he, was he told to keep going? Cause if he just kept fucking going and That's just Zach being Zach, that'd yeah. be fucking great. I think it's what it is too. And that's why yeah. I think what yelled Zach fucking rules in my opinion. That's why because, but I think, I think Zach was going off <sighs> and was just like going for and just like getting into the moment yelling Ozzy fucking rules. God, either way. So fucking cool. We got to get an answer on this. We, we have a text message in, in already. Hopefully we get an answer on it. I thought again, great analysis. This one, I don't think has a definitive real answer of what it's about. I think it could go either way. I, honestly, I think it could be a serial killer or a zombie. And I think yeah. both work fine. Whatever. Admit it. You, you, you fell to my dark side of this one. Come yeah, on. Admit it one bit. time. One time. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think you're on this one. All right, Dan, before we head out, you got anything you want to say to the listeners? No, again, thank you for being along on this journey. I will say this. So we only have two songs left, Dead and Gone and God Only Knows. We will combine Dark Side Blues with God Only Knows on that last episode. So two episodes left. Start sending us ideas now on what you want to hear when we're done with the patient number nine discussion series. Then we could start, Josh and I, going back to the drawing board and really start digging into something different. We have yeah. some really cool ideas already, but we'd love to hear what you have to say. Again, 
Thank you for the support. My new song comes out July 7th. Without Fear is the band, and the song is called Fading Out. Really like that one. As as we're fading out, go download Dan's new shit, and until next time, we'll see you on the other side. Did I lose you? You better be able to fucking save that. I know that. Oh, God. I'm here. Can you hear me? You there? Oh, yeah. Hey. What the fuck was that? I don't know. I'm still recording. Oh, okay. Well, good. You you lost your connection. I think you lost your connection, asshole. Um, Let me go. Can I go uh, piss real quick? Just give me <laughs> of course seconds. the old man has to go. Every time he gets a break, he has to go piss. Thank God. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby. So, for you horror fans out there, Danny's still gone to piss, by the way. I'm uh, recording this. This will probably be our drop on the show. But um, for those of you that love horror movies, what horror movie is that from? Do you recall? Ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Let me know. Matter of fact, when Dan comes back, we'll see if Dan knows. Probably be about 45 minutes, though, because uh, he's an old man. And when he pisses, he pisses for 45 minutes. I think I hear him pissing back there. Are uh, you still there? Oh, yeah. I don't see so, you, though. You can't see me? No. Oh, what are you, John Cena? I want to know if you know what I was singing. I'm, I'm going to sing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing it, sing it, sing it. Do you know what movie it's from? Okay. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Oh, that's Friday the 13th Part 5. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things ever. Uh, listen, my kids and I, we go around the house singing that all the time. And yeah, like, it's the greatest. <laughs> it's ooh, the biggest earworm. Baby, ooh, baby. See? I love it's it. It's the dude. biggest earworm. It gets in your head and you hear it it's, for days. Dude, Friday the 13th, you know how much I love it, man. Oh, I, I know. It's so crazy that we have that in common, too. And part five is as good as any of them. I don't care what anyone says. Thanks for coming. No, thank you for coming.